What's up, ballers? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast on YouTube, where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code, and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks, and let's go, Calvin. Let's go. What up to everybody in the chat, Flame Flurry 11 I see you. You got the ball. Congratulations. I hope you love it. On today's menu, we have a ton of things to go over. We're talking about some injuries, the Kyle Lowry, Joel Embiid, friend Van Vliet. We're talking about the Rookie of the Year. We're going to recap this entire weekend of basketball. We're going to talk about the Nets, and then we're going to give some previews of today's games before we end the show, as always, with Q&A. You guys, the fans, what's up, Mike? Good to see you here. Calvin, happy Monday. Happy Monday. Lots and lots and lots of basketball to talk about from this weekend. So grab your drinks and let's go. <laughs> There's a ton. I, I love the shirt. You got the Ocean's <laughs> Thanks, Vodka man. shirt on. Yeah, I got my bartending shirt on. It's great. I'm not making any drinks right now, though. So. <laughs> Unfortunately. What's up, everybody? Hopefully, you guys are having an awesome time. Hopefully, you had a good weekend. Uh, Pat, we are still doing Royal Rebounds. Don't worry. Uh, unfortunately, the Kings, you know, missed the playoffs, as you guys know. But we love basketball so much. We started this channel so we can talk about the entire NBA. We will have another live at Royal Rebounds on Thursday. Um, I think we're going to try and do every Thursday. Um, but if you'd like to see us more, we are here Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, every weekday. So keep welcome, the, the welcome. notifications turned on for both channels but especially royal rebounds right because this channel will be here every day during the week yep. royal rebounds will be you know doing sporadic stuff but as we get closer to things like draft lottery and draft day draft combine all that stuff we'll do some other special shows so just make sure you got the notification turned on you won't miss it all right just ran into terrence davis and got my card signed what card did he sign and how's his wrist doing that's what yeah, I want to know. That's a better question. But that's cool, man. That's awesome. You know, sometimes we get athletes here in Hawaii. Uh, we get to run into them. Like I jumped off Black Rock with Joe Kim Noah, hung out with Jimmy Butler, Magic Johnson, a uh, bunch of different basketball players. I think when I was at the Westin, who was that dude? Ronnie. Uh, what was Ronnie Price. Ronnie Price. Yes. Was at the bar, got into it with somebody. Uh, good times. Good times. His rookie card. Wow. That's cool. Congratulations, man. That's really cool. All right, Calvin, so we have a couple injuries. You want to give us some updates? Yeah, but first of all, I want to ask you, Flame, were you just carrying around Terrence Davis's rookie card and you happened to run into <laughs> him? Like, what's the story behind that? Oh, hey, Terrence. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see you were there. That's you so keep funny. keep it in your wallet? or I remember I heard one time that LeBron James was going to be here in Maui, and I drove around with a LeBron jersey in my car for like a month, and I was like, just in case I run into him, <laughs> I got a Sharpie in the jersey in my car. LeBron Never ran into him. Yeah. yeah. Probably could have told me that ahead of time. Probably could have told you I was that, young yeah. and dumb and, and excited, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? All right, so injuries. Kyle Lowry, what's going on with him? Uh, Kyle Lowry is dealing with apparently the the biggest or most common injury of the playoffs, right? It's a hammy, oh, <laughs> hamstring man. injury. He's been ruled out for game five on Tuesday. He missed game four, which was the biggest blowout of the series. So take that, uh, you know, as you will. And uh, the, that's the thing about Miami, right? They're so loaded. They're so balanced. Um, they can maybe not in the Eastern Conference Finals or in the NBA Finals overcome an injury like that, but they probably can sustain it pretty well in the first round. 
Yeah, there goes my sweep. Yeah. <laughs> Out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hamstrings, do you have any update on Devin Booker? He's out for uh, foreseeable yeah, man, future, I like right? That. I like that, Flame. What's up? Devin Booker, any updates on his hamstring? No updates. I mean, I don't think they said they were going to reevaluate him in two to three weeks, and that was, I believe, a, close to a week ago. So I, I don't think we're going to hear any new updates on him for at least a week. Okay, interesting. Next up, we have Joel Embiid, or as uh, my girlfriend Asha likes to say, Joel Embiid, <laughs> just like JaVale McGee. Yeah. What's going on with Joel? Well, Joel has a torn ligament in his right thumb, which would be Ouch. the shooting hand. Yeah, I can't imagine that feels very good to dribble or shoot or if you get slapped on the hand as you're trying to come up inside with an offensive rebound. Joel, how's your thumb? Oh, it's good. Probably hurts a lot, but he said it from the very beginning. He's going to play through the injury, uh, and he continues to do so. Yeah, uh, hopefully he can get that figured out because they need him to be him, his dominant self uh, so they can move on and stop wasting time with the Toronto Raptors. Speaking of the Raptors, Fred Van Vliet came out of the game. Uh, I think it was a hip injury. It is. We saw him tearing his jersey yeah. on the court, and as he very left through the tunnel, a very competitive guy. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, you know the dude was undrafted has definitely stepped it up, become a household name. All Shout star. out to him. Yeah, all-star. Uh, so a uh, very unfortunate situation. Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, we still saw the Raptors were able to pull that one, out, uh, that game out, game four. Uh, Siakam has played really, really well in those, or he did play really well in those two games up north. Um, but now they got to go back to Philadelphia and try to keep it going without Van Vliet. It's going to be a tall order for them. Definitely. Pascal Siakam is going to need to do a bunch of spin moves oh, to yeah. win that game. He's going to have to be spinning all over the place. <laughs> Two other, uh, I guess, not really injuries, but injury concerns for teams. Tobias Harris and Anthony Edwards both uh, were hobbled this weekend. Uh, both are not listed as injured. Anthony Edwards was the really scary one for me. It was a non-contact knee injury. It seemed like he couldn't even walk. Did you see the video yeah. of him coming off the court? Shades of Paul Pierce. The only right? thing he was missing was the wheelchair. <laughs> and then all of a sudden just comes back in the game. Uh, you know, there's a protester, so of course they win. Of course. Uh, but both guys seem to be okay. And then you want to mention anything about Caruso? Yeah, Alex Caruso, he's taken multiple shots to the head in this series, but they might have, the Bucks might have just delivered the finishing blow to him uh, in game four. I forget who it was that he ran into now, I but don't, I don't he is in the league's concussion protocols, so he is up in the, his status for game five is still up in the air. My guess would be Bobby Portis because that's a good guess. He seemed to be getting into it with everybody. <laughs> that's a good guess. That he game. usually gets into it with a lot of people. All right, we have an announcement, Calvin. Dun da da da. The rookie of the year is Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes. Edges, Raptors. Congratulations. Edges out Evan Mobley, I think, by like 15 votes or something, yeah. uh, to win the rookie of the year. Congratulations to Scotty Barnes. Actually, it was only five first place votes. Yeah, it was an incredibly and close race, as you would have expected, overall. right? Like, yeah, th this was a really good rookie class. I think most people believed it would come down to Mobley and, and Barnes basically because they, A, had really good seasons, but their teams performed really well, right? Both of them made the postseason. Yep. Um, and then, obviously, honorable mention, shout-out to Cade Cunningham, who had a great year in Detroit. 
didn't enjoy the same team success, though, that the Cavs and uh, the Raptors have. He was third in voting. The only other guy to crack double or triple digits in total uh, votes for Rookie of the Year. Also got to mention Jalen Green was on this list, friends Wagner, and my dude, one of my new favorite players, Herb Jones, yeah. blocking jumpers. We'll talk about that in a little bit. but uh, I'm pretty surprised that Herb Jones even made it onto this list, actually. Right? Not to take anything away from who he is as a player, but... He has one third-place vote. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. One third-place vote. Hey, it all matters, though, yeah, right? Yeah, you yeah. know when they say that your vote doesn't matter? Your vote matters. Your vote Every matters. vote counts. It counts. Yep. Every vote counts. So congratulations to Scotty Barnes. All right, let's talk about the weekend. As many of you know, we are here live Monday through Friday, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we take the weekends off to recoup and also just to watch a ton of basketball. We had eight games this weekend. Just real quick, Calvin, favorite game of the weekend? Oh, wow, that's a tough one. There were some pretty good games. I mean, this... New Orleans uh, Phoenix series is all of a sudden uh, yeah. you know, locked up real tight. Um, it's going back and forth. It's getting a little heated, a little chippy out there as well. So I, I think you, you people are probably starting to look more towards that series now, especially because most myself included thought it was going to be a sweep from the beginning. Um, so, but then you know every series right now has real good storylines. There's only a couple of series that are even close, were even close to being sweeps. Most of them are not anymore now. So mm -hmm. even teams like Denver have new life. That was a really great game too yesterday, the, yep. the uh, Warriors and Nuggets game. Yeah, it was. I do have to say, I can't pick one. I'm going to pick two favorite games of the weekend. And these were both decided by one point each. Amazing games, exciting games. Utah edges out Dallas. Yep. Rudy Gobert yep. proves all the haters wrong <laughs> that I don't belong on the court with a game-winning dunk. Uh -huh. And then Memphis and uh, and uh, Minnesota and Memphis. Minnesota. We saw another protester. That one just screws me up every time. Uh -huh. I just got to call them the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. <laughs> I'm just going to call them that. The Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. We had another protester on the court. We did. And Minnesota wins another game. Surprising. So surprising. They now tie the series 2-2. Yep. A lot of exciting things going on here, man. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. so like I much said, going Every on. series, even if it's been very one-sided so far, it has big-time storylines. All right. Flame Flurry says, does that mean he is out indefinitely for the whole postseason? I'm assuming he's talking about uh, – Booker. Uh, yeah, I think that was about Booker earlier. It's so when they hold somebody out indefinitely, it's it doesn't mean they're out for the remainder of the season or they're out for the remainder of the postseason. It just means they're out until we have a, a new update on them. Yep. What's up, Stephen? Good to see you here. And yes, the Pelicans are quite impressive. We're going to talk about them here in a little bit. All right, Calvin, let's just kind of break down these games real quick. So, like I mentioned, four games on Saturday. Philadelphia visited Toronto. Uh, Pascal led Toronto in scoring with 34 points. James Harden led the Sixers with 22. Exciting game. Any thoughts on this game, Cal? Uh, yeah, it just that, like I said before, Pascal Siakam really, really playing at a high, high level for Toronto. Uh, they were able to overcome shooting pretty poorly from the field compared to Philadelphia shooting 42% from three in that game. Uh, it was a home game. You know, they're riding off of a, a 
feeling more confident, right, because they took game three to overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a game that Van Vliet gets hurt in. But I also got to give myself a little bit of credit here. I said that the Raptors should try to play more guys, kind of empty the bench a little bit in the series because they need fresh legs. They got to play yep. fast. Um, they have to play really intense on defense. They played almost their entire roster in this game. <laughs> Only one guy I'm seeing gets the DMP, and that's Isaac Bonga. Uh, so clearly Nick Nurse is trying to, to do anything and everything he can, obviously, when you, you go down uh, 3-0 to, yep. to get back in this series. Missing Van Vliet, now going back to Philadelphia, it's going to be really difficult, I think, for them to keep this series going and get another game out of here. Um, I expect Tyrese Maxey to come back and play much better yep. at home in Philadelphia. Just 11 points in game four. Mm-hmm. So... A lot is hinging still on Embiid and Harden. How healthy is Embiid? Can he still be his dominant self? And what kind of game do you get out of James Harden? But I, I still think it's just a little too much for the Raptors to keep this series going. You heard it here first. Nick Nurse does not like the bonga. <laughs> Zero minutes for him. This, to me, was just a home win, right? Like, you're supported by your home crowd. Yes, the injury to Embiid helps. Yes, missing Matisse Thibel helps. But just looking at the starters here, between uh, OG Ananobi, Kim Birch, and Fred Van Vliet, you got 16 combined points from three of your starters. That is wild. And they win the game. And they won the game. And they win the game. So, for me... Obviously, I think Philadelphia is going to win this series. It's just a matter of time. But like I said, they got to stop wasting time here. You know, they need to yeah. move on because, yeah. you know, Embiid's got to get healthier. And that's not going to happen by having to play a game five, a game six. Right. I'm not going to even say a game seven because yeah. <laughs> that is go there. very far out of reach. But if you are the Raptors, you got to take this one game at a time right now, right? You won a game. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to win three games in your next game. You just need to look at each no, game individually. Three, one game seasons. Win one game. Okay, we'll win another game, and we'll see what happens. And also, surprisingly, the Raptors only shot 23% from three-point range, yep. while the Sixers shot 42%, and the Sixers still lost this game. They did. But needless did. to say, Philadelphia is still up 3-1, and uh, I think we all agree here. They will win the series. All right. Second game of Saturday. Dallas visits Utah. Like I said, one of my favorite games of the weekend. Utah wins 199. This is uh, Luka Doncic's return to the court. Not a bad return. All you Mavs fans out there, should they trade Luka at this point? I don't know. You know, I'm joking, obviously. Who's saying that? I'm joking, obviously. But we saw Luka hit a huge three at the end of this game. Uh, He was already celebrating. He thought that they won the game. And then Rudy Gobert gets the last laugh. Calvin, thoughts on the game? Well, first of all, I I give credit when credit's due, and I take it away when when I feel like I should take it away. Rudy Gobert, we we both called him out multiple times in this series. The new Roy Hibbert. The new Roy Hibbert. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. He also could have lost in the game. He did miss nine free throws yep. in this one. They were going to the hack-a-shack on him. Um, but at the same time, give Utah a lot of credit. Give Quinn Snyder a lot of credit. I don't think anybody on Dallas expected them to go to Rudy Gobert for a lob there at the yep. end. All eyes are on Donovan Mitchell or him kicking to Bogdanovich or Conley or somebody in the corner. 
uh, for a shot. So it, it was a great play design and, and play call by the Utah Jazz. Uh, and all that being said, they just narrowly escape with a one-point win and survive 30 points from Luka in his playoff comeback. So yep. Mike Conley is still, still missing. Feel, yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, he is still missing big time. They definitely need him to play better if they're going to win this series. It's still it's a tied series, so it could go either way. Uh, obviously, Game 5 is now the most important game in this series. Um, so we'll see if Utah is able to keep this going. Yeah, it will definitely be interesting. Uh, as I mentioned, Gobert, 17 points, 15 rebounds in this game. The most surprising thing about his stat line here, Calvin, is zero blocks. The only player on this Jazz team that had a block in this game was Hassan Whiteside. 14 minutes off the bench, three blocks for him. Uh, but, hey, they got the win. That's yeah, the most important and part. again, that's all by design. Dallas knows what type of shot blockers Utah has on their team. Yep. So how are they counteracting that? They're spreading the floor completely wide open with five guys around the three-point line, taking Rudy Gobert out of the middle of the paint, forcing him to cover a lot of ground um, so that they can, A, get inside and not have to meet a huge rim protector there at the rim, and it also moving the ball back and forth side to side. That's helping them get wide open threes, which they've been knocking down pretty consistently in this series. They didn't do that in game four, though. Yep. Also got to give a shout out here to Luka Doncic. We mentioned it's his first game back. 34 minutes, 30 points, 10 rebounds. He shot up over 50% from the field, 40% from three-point range. He had that huge three uh, at the end of the game. Unfortunately, they do lose. I also want to uh, put a little spotlight here on Maxi Kleba. Everyone was getting all mm -hmm. high on him. You remember it was uh, last week I was like, dude can't shoot like this from three-point range forever. <laughs> he shoots 25% in this game from the field and from three-point range. Only three points for him. He is the reason. I don't want to say he's the reason because I don't want to put it all on him. But in my mind, he gets 10 points. Mavs win the game. Yeah, if you go back in the series and you look at the two games the, the Mavericks have won, they got a lot of production off their bench, not just from Maxi Kleber, but Davis Bertans, uh, Dinwiddie, Josh Green had a good game three. So th they definitely need more uh, from these guys off the bench if they're going to win this series. It's officially tied 2-2. Who's winning the series, Kyle? I'm still going to pick Dallas. I, I think now okay. that Luka is back, Dallas has had the upper hand, I think, in all of these games. They've all been close. They've all been low scoring, which favors the Dallas Mavericks, in my opinion. Um, I think Luka will continue to play like this. It just gives them another dimension. Uh, so I'm still picking Dallas. And they they also have the home court right now if they're able to, to I'm survive. looking at your picks from two weeks ago, and you got Utah in six. I do. And so do I, which they're pretty much it, lined up possible. for right now. It is possible. Yeah. I just still, I still don't trust this Utah Jazz team. They haven't looked like the same Utah Jazz to me since last season. And Mike Conley is now the number one reason why for me i don't really understand what's going on with him yeah it's he, so he doesn't weird. look like himself at all maybe we're going to find out that he's injured when the playoffs are over and it's one of those things that he was just trying to battle through but they they need a lot more production out of him if i'm going to feel comfortable with them not just winning a game but winning yeah. the series i mean i'm just looking at our picks here i'm a little worried with some of these <laughs> right we got utah advancing we got phoenix we're going to talk That's about right. that here yeah, in a second I have brooklyn advancing i got brooklyn too we got memphis yep. oh man it's not looking too good for the picks 
Speaking of Brooklyn, Brooklyn loses another game. They are now down 3-0 in the series. This was a home game. Boston wins 109-103. I want to throw a crazy stat out here, Calvin. Kevin Durant is just breaking records, dude. First player ever to average seven turnovers a game in the playoffs. It's wild. <laughs> I mean, if you go deeper into Kevin Durant's numbers this postseason, look, the craziest stat to me is that Durant and Kyrie Irving have combined to take two three-point field goal attempts in the last two games. Yeah. That's not made three-pointers. That's attempts, two, yeah. one per person. That just goes to show right there how wonderfully the Boston Celtics are playing defensively. Yep. They're not even giving shot attempts to the greatest score, two of the greatest scorers in the world. They're making them look human. Uh, as you mentioned, the turnovers have been huge. Durant has uh, seven more turnovers than made uh, than at three point attempts in the series. That's wild. Seven more turnovers, That's seventeen wild. to ten. It, it's crazy what they've been able to do to shut these guys down. Kyrie Irving, zero for seven from three point range in this game, and. You know, it's funny, Calvin, because I'm just thinking back at that quote where it's like, he's like, oh, he's talking about KD. It feels good to finally have a guy that I know can make that shot just like me. That was a yeah. little a little stab at, at LeBron, right? Or KD maybe is, at James Harden, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> KD has not been doing too well. No, he has not. At, but again, give Boston credit. They have really, really done a fantastic job on both of these guys. Jason Tatum as the primary defender on Durant, he's holding him to like 20-something percent field goal percentage. It's just insane. Durant's yeah. only, he's shooting below 37 or 36 percent from the field in this series. That's his second worst uh, playoff field goal percentage average for a series in his career, and he's played 30 playoff series. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. crazy what they're doing to him. It's wild, and we're gonna we're gonna dive a little bit deeper here uh, into the Nets once we finish up this weekend recap. But I, I gotta give a shout out to to Jason Tatum, thirty nine points in this game, uh, just incredible. Six steals in this game, he willed them to another victory, and uh, he just continues to to impress. He is, he's a great player. Jason Tatum has been the, the Kevin Durant that we expected in this series. Yep. It, they have completely, not flipped roles, but Tatum has played more like Durant than Durant himself. Yeah, which is <laughs> which is wild. And, you know, they're friends, right? And they work yeah. out together yeah. in the offseason. Uh, this might be the, the Kobe stealing Jordan's moves, right? Kind of all over again. We'll dive a little bit deeper here into the Nets, like I said. But just real quick, Calvin, before we move on, how many games did the Nets win in this series? Man, I'm really not sure anymore. Uh, a friend of mine actually asked me this morning, do the Nets win today? And I still can't wrap my head around the fact that the Nets are going to get swept. So uh, <laughs> part of me just wants to pick Brooklyn in this game. They're at home. Like, they have to get one game in right. this series, right? Right. But the, the way that... Boston has controlled this series defensively. The way they've limited Irving and Durant, basically putting it on the supporting cast. And guys like Bruce Brown have really stepped up, but they haven't gotten enough contributions from other players. And let's be real, it, the Nets need Durant and Irving to be great if yep. they're going to win. So if you're a asking me, am I putting money on Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to have one good game? 
I would probably put a decent amount of money on that, but I'm really not sure anymore. Yeah, I think this whole season, the talk with the Nets has been how many games has the, have these guys actually played together, right? Kyrie was a part-time player. They they traded for a guy in James Harden last season, then they trade him again. You know, how does this all really work out? And it's really being exposed here in the playoffs because this Celtics team has played together. They have a oh, lot yeah. of chemistry, they and do. they just continue to build. They've made deep playoff runs, yep. the core of this group, right? Yep. I mean, it, this is not a new thing for them by Le any means. LeBron beat this team with no help. Just want to put that out there. KD, Kyrie, I don't know. I don't know. What's up, Gotham? Good to see you here. Hopefully you had a good weekend. Flame Flurry, how much money have you guys lost in these postseason games so far? Zero, Zero for me. We did free <laughs> brackets. Uh, I can't say the same for Ethan, though. Yeah, who is taking a lot of my advice. So, sorry, Ethan. But. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a reason they play the game, right? Like He did also yeah. hit a like six grand parlay or something the other day, though. So Okay. All right, final game of Saturday. And as I mentioned, another exciting game. One of my favorites of the weekend. We see another protester storm the court. Dressed as a referee, gets yeah. totally taken down. I got to give a shout-out to that security guard. I think they were probably being a little aggressive, but they were on I it, mean, dude. As soon as the person runs. When it happens this much, though, you got to yeah. be aggressive. Yeah. you got to step it up, right? You have to give people a reason to think, maybe this is a bad idea. <laughs> right. So uh, if, if you've been paying any attention to this series or, or our show, you can predict that Minnesota won this game, right? They're yeah. three and zero now with protesters on the court. They win one nineteen, one eighteen. Towns leads the Wolves with thirty three points, and surprisingly, Desmond Bain, thirty four points for Memphis. Calvin, I want to hear your thoughts on this game, um, and also, uh, Stephen Adams played four minutes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's you know been an ongoing ongoing storyline in this series. How much run are they going to give Stephen Adams? Brandon Clark has played really really well in this series, so it, it makes total sense to me that he's taking away some of those minutes off the bench. Uh, but this game was about Carl Anthony Towns. After a really poor performance in Game Three, we called him out on this show. We certainly weren't the only people to call him out. The Timberwolves are only going to go as as great as Anthony Edwards has been, and they have that three-headed monster with D'Angelo Russell. The Timberwolves are only going to go as far as Carl Anthony Towns takes them. He yep. came back with a big-time game, two huge free throws to ice it there at the end. Uh, so give him credit. I, I still don't – there's something about this Timberwolves team I don't like. I don't know what it is. I've never been a Patrick Beverly fan. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns rubs me the wrong way, too, Minnesota. for some reason. He's not like – He's not the version of a real positive superstar, in my opinion. I don't like yeah. the things he says most times. I'm the best shooting big ever. Um, but he backed it up in this one game, right? So you have to give him credit for that. Tell him how you really feel, Kyle. He's got to do it in the series, though. He's got to do it for the rest of the series. Tell him how you, you really you feel. You can't be consider yourself one of the top you know, 10 to 15 players in the game and only show up for half the games uh, yeah. in the playoffs. You, you just can't. When I watched this game, I saw Anthony Edwards go down, and I was like, oh, no, this is horrible. I feel really bad for the Minnesota fans because they're going to lose this series, and they could potentially lose Anthony Edwards through the entire next season 
Yep. Somehow he comes back on the court, doesn't seem to be affected. He's not on the injury report now. Uh, I don't think he had to use the restroom like Paul Pierce, <laughs> but it, it's just such a weird, that weird situation. That was really strange, and I don't know what kind of brace that was they had on With his the, knee. The, the little... He looked like Darth Vader out there. <laughs> like it, it was really weird. Whatever that thing was, it, it must have some magic powers or something. It did the trick. Uh, but, yeah, it, and going back to Memphis, they got. I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but they have to find a way to get John Morant going. Like he offensively, he's been really good getting others involved. He's had double-digit assists in a lot of these games, um, but he's got to score more for them. He's been that guy all season long. Yeah, uh, I think it was 16 points in Game Three, just 11 in Game Four. He's shooting much worse. He's never really been known for his three-point shooting, but he shot at 34, I think, percent from three mm-hmm. this year. He's only shooting at 27 percent in the postseason. They got to find a way to get him some easy buckets early and get him comfortable so he has one of those big scoring nights i think in game five yeah kcg says you know nba doesn't want their highest money making series to be a sweep betting on the nets today there you go i like those we'll see what happens like that advice and gothan says don't forget to hit that thumbs up while you guys are hitting that thumbs up you might as well hit the subscribe button too so back to you know jaw we had somebody in our uh, in our comments this weekend. I'm sorry if I don't remember your name, but you had a really good comment, and it was about Stephen Adams because we posted a video about whether Stephen Adams was too big, whether he worked with this Memphis team as far as this matchup with Minnesota. He had a good point. He he said that John Morant thrives off of these screens yeah. by Stephen Adams, and it really yeah. allows him to get to the basket. As you mentioned, the last two games, John Moran has not played that great, and Steven Adams has not played. He didn't play at all in Game 3. He played four minutes in Game 4. Uh, he's just not getting the same lanes to the basket. He's getting blocked from behind. Uh, any thoughts on that? Well, number one, it's a great observation. I mean, it's right. Number two, it's kind of expected, I think, right? I mean, once you get into a seven-game playoff series, it's all about in-game adjustments, how you take certain things away Um, from teams and generally speaking if you're going to be in a tight playoff series it means that the other team uh, is has figured out a way to stop one or two or three of the things that you normally do really really well right Um, and you know the argument here is are the the Grizzlies doing it to themselves by not playing Steven Adams Uh, I'm not really totally sure at this point um Steven Adams, from an offensive standpoint, yeah, I think it does make a lot of sense. He helps John Moran out with those screens, all that stuff. Uh, But defensively, he has kind of been a bit of a liability for them. First of all, he's not good at guarding people 26 feet from the basket, which is where Carl Anthony Towns likes to play. He's an inside, grind it out, uh, you know, box out, get the rebound type guy. And he's been in foul trouble a lot, too. Uh, so it, it's a tough decision, I think, that Taylor Jenkins has to make. Any thoughts on Jaron Jackson Jr.? You know, we saw yeah. him in foul trouble in a few of these games. He fouled out in this game. Uh, we also saw games where he had a ton of blocks. He's made a ton of threes in this series. Only 23 minutes. As I mentioned, he fouls out two blocks, seven points, six rebounds. Uh, what does he need to do differently? Well, again, for like a, a lot of these players in this series, Carl Anthony Towns, foul trouble has been one of the biggest storylines, I think, for most of these games. 
Um, and Jaron Jackson Jr. is in that same boat. He's an incredibly aggressive shot blocker, led the league in block shots this season. The Grizzlies as a team led the league in block shots per game this year. Uh, so he maybe needs to change up his style a little bit, try to be a little less aggressive. Um, and then offensively, you know, he, he doesn't have the same opportunities uh, down low in the post here. It's mm-hmm. pretty much been feast or famine on the three-point line. Yep. And Jaron Jackson Jr., for his percentage is not that bad of a three-point shooter. His form is another story. Don't If you have a young kid at yeah. home, don't tell them that's how to shoot the basketball. I remember watching that in the draft, and they're like, the dude's form is not that great, but it goes in. It does. Right? It and does. We've heard that about Lonzo Ball. Yeah, sure. We've heard that about a, a bunch lot of, of different guys. A lot of people. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah Tyrese I mean, Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton is another one. Uh, the list yep. goes on at Sean Marion, I think, yep. is the king of that, right? Yep. But, uh, yeah, I, the the Grizzlies aren't going to win this series unless they get their, their big-time players. Desmond Bain right now is, has been their best player in the whole series, I would say. I mean, Morant has, has been good, too. Yep. Triple-double in game three. Um, but overall, I would say Bain has been their best player in the series, and they need Jackson Jr. and John Morant to, to, be be, to be great. Yep. So the series is tied 2-2. You changing your prediction here? Or are you still going with Grizzlies? Nope, I'm still picking Memphis. Okay. Still picking Memphis. All right. You know what that means, guys. Send the protesters out. Yeah. <laughs> Say they need two more games with protesters to win the series. All right. Those were a bunch of exciting Saturday games. Let's move on to Sunday. Um, we're already 30 minutes into the show here, Calvin. Holy cow. We got a ton to talk about. We're going to have to go through this one a little bit quicker. Yeah, we can speed it up a little bit. A lot of, you know, there's games to talk about today, too. Yeah, so Milwaukee at Chicago. Milwaukee gets the win. This, for me, was the most disappointing I've been with the Chicago team all year long. And I don't say that in, in a mean way at all. It's just like after the last win, I was like, wow, this Chicago team, you know, they, they've, they're figuring it out. They're going to be at home. They just laid an egg in this game 24 points for zach levine 32 for Giannis. the bucks win 119 one or sorry 119 95 uh but the lead was much bigger than this most of the game yeah um this like you said it was exciting and encouraging because chicago got that win in milwaukee right yeah even the series before it came back home you're thinking wow maybe they actually have a, a puncher's chance that is not true anymore (laughs) <laughs> this series is, is come down to two things for me, coaching adjustments and bench play. I give a ton of credit to Coach Bud, uh, who, you know, his resume speaks for himself. I don't have to hype him up or anything like that. But his after Middleton goes down, you know, a lot of people are thinking, the Bulls just won, now Middleton's out. What are the Bucks going to do? How do they make up for that loss? He inserts Bobby Portis into the starting lineup in Game 3. They start a huge front court. Brooke Lopez, Antetokounmpo, and Bobby Portis. They can get away with that, too, because all three of those guys can shoot from outside. Yep. Bobby Portis just lit the Bulls up in the first quarter. That was an excellent, excellent move. Um, and the Bulls, they don't have enough length defensively to keep up with that. And it's making it hard for them to score inside. The, the Bulls shoot well from outside, but remember, they shoot the, the fewest attempts of any team in the league. So it's... Yep. It's not, a, um, it's not how they look to win games, but they're being forced to win games that way now. Mm-hmm. Levine and Vucevic are really the most reliable three-point shooters right now on this team, and they've struggled at times. 
But then the bench has been a huge, huge yep. plus for Milwaukee. Grayson Allen, uh, I think he's got 93 playoff points in his career in three playoff series. Yep. 52 of them have come in this series alone, most of them in the last two games. 27 in this game, <laughs> yeah. 10 of 12 from the field. And the Bulls, on the uh, flip side, are getting little to no production off their yep. bench. So that that's really what it's coming down to in this series. I think that Milwaukee was just way more physical in this game than the Bulls. And, you know, that translates yeah, they, they to all like these. They the defending champs. Yeah, to all these other things. And, uh, you know, Grayson Allen, I, I know there was another dirty play by him in this game. I don't remember exactly what it was. But I just remember watching and thinking, like, come on, man. Like, everybody knows that's <laughs> you. And you just you I, keep doing it. He's keep embracing the dark side just like yeah. Kyrie Irving. So the Bucks are up 3-1. Uh, we'll see what happens. Next game, Calvin, we uh, we avoided a sweep for the Denver Nuggets. Golden State Warriors head to Denver. They lose 126-121. Draymond Green gets ejected in this game. Jokic has another 37-point yep. game. He was huge. And as Mike Malone said in his post-game press conference, we're just happy we didn't get swept. He said yeah. nobody likes to get swept. It eats at you inside. So... I'm not picking them to win the series at this point, but they're not getting swept, right? They're not getting swept. I agree. I, I think this game, this series ends by the Bay in San Francisco for game five. Um, the Nuggets, game three and game four, both really, really close, right? Mm -hmm. They just barely eke out wins in both those games. <laughs> they almost blew both of those games late yep. at the end. Steph Curry looked like he was going to flip that switch there at the end of game four and run away with the series for the Warriors. Could have been 2-2. Two, and two and this was the worst game of the series that Jordan Poole had played, right? Only yep. 11 points. Um, I think he plays better when they go back home in San Francisco. And some turnovers towards the end of the yeah. game for him, too. Yeah. So Dumb turnovers. Give Denver a lot of credit. Aaron Gordon um, really stepped up his game when the series went back to Denver. That was a huge, huge need for them they need him to to score offensively which is yep. not you know what he's known for but they need points from him um, and Monty Morris had a great game as well so yep. we saw Jamal Murray ecstatic on the bench there's no chance that he can come back this season right like even if they were able to pull out uh, two more wins here or three more wins and win this series like is he officially just out because I haven't heard much about Jamal Murray I, I heard before the playoffs started they they were not going to have play. Okay. They were not going to play him. Okay. Interesting. All right. The third game of Sunday, Mill or sorry, Miami goes to Atlanta. Uh, this was disappointing for me, Calvin, because this is the first or only first round sweep that I called on my bracket. Unfortunately, the Heat. Uh, you know, they get thirty three points from Jimmy or sorry, thirty six points from Jimmy Butler in this game, but they lose to Atlanta. Thoughts on this game, Calvin? <laughs> um, I mean, this is this is just what I more of what I expected, right? I mean, you're calling a sweep five games still looks better than the sweep I called, which is already tied two two, yeah, um, and is guaranteed to go a six game. But th this series comes down to exactly what I thought before it started. It defensively, Miami is too good; they're too versatile, and you're seeing that on Atlanta's best player, Trey Young. He's had 
I don't even know how many people guard him at, at some point during this series. They continuously switch on him all the way around the perimeter, and they're not just switching with guys that, you know, just bodies out there. They're switching guys like Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, all these great defenders onto him left and right. They're making it his life pretty much a living hell out there. So it's going to be pretty much impossible, I think, at this point for Atlanta to come back and win this series. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is unfortunate for them to to match up with a team like the Miami Heat. All right, final game for Sunday. And boy, was it an exciting one. If you are the New Orleans Pelicans, they beat the Phoenix Suns in New Orleans. They tie the series 2-2. They win 118-103. Brandon Ingram is looking like a superstar. 30 points in this game. As we mentioned, Devin Booker is still out. Uh, Chris Paul tried his hardest to do whatever he could, but it was just too much. And Calvin, I want to give a shout out to your new favorite player, Alvarado. Dude, well, I on, did not on. watch yeah, that guy. I never guy. said he's my new favorite player. <laughs> he might be my new favorite player. I said it was one of my new favorite nicknames. Because I didn't get that much time to watch this guy this season. And uh, just seeing him on the court, this guy was undrafted. He started on a two-way contract. Now he's on a four-way deal. Uh, talk about effort and energy. Yeah. And, dude, he got Chris Paul. He got him. He got him. He hit he in the him. corner. <laughs> he got him. He got him. That's the highlight of his career so far. Oh, yeah. He even talked about it in the yeah. post-game press conference saying, he's on my list. I got him. Um, and I think even C.J. McCollum said that he, after that steal, he looked directly at McCollum uh, to, because McCollum told him, yeah. I don't think you're going to get Chris Paul. It's just too much. But give him credit, he did, and give the New Orleans Pelicans a lot of credit. They have hung in and fought big time in this series. Of course, Phoenix is missing Devin Booker, but that is, you know, at the end of the day, for the, the league's number one team, it, it should only be so much of an excuse, right? The Pelicans' big three in this series have all stepped up and performed the way they've needed yep. to. Ingram, McCollum, and Valanchunas have been huge. Uh, and Phoenix, Chris Paul had his wor maybe the worst playoff game of his career in game four, just mm -hmm. four points, three turnovers, O of three from three and only two of eight from the field. Uh, but he has played really well. You know, the, the previous games, Deandre Ayton has stepped up without Devin Booker. The problem for the Suns is they're missing that third piece that they're not getting enough production or not enough. People are stepping up to fill the hole that's left by Devin Booker. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that they're doing all this without Zion, right? Like yeah. Zion is supposed to be their franchise player. They made a bunch of trades here at the deadline. The team is is a much improved team. Uh, as I mentioned, they tied the series now two two. Calvin, are the Phoenix it's get, Suns it's worried worrisome. here? Oh yeah, they should yeah. definitely be worried. Yeah, they should definitely be worried. I think uh, New Orleans should also be worried about how Chris Paul comes back for game five and plays in front of a home crowd. I expect him to have a really, really big game. Um, but I also want to give a, a shout out whether Phoenix wins this series or not. JaVale McGee, I don't think is getting talked about enough. This yeah. guy is, he was the perfect acquisition for them as a, a six man type big man off the bench. He's been really, really good in this series. And there are very, very few seven footers out there who can play deny defense 
30 feet away from the basket like he can. I mean, there are possessions where they're trying desperately to get Valanciunas the ball, Mm -hmm. and he literally forces them to go somewhere else. You don't see big men play like defense like that very much. So I give a big, big shout-out to JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. Yeah, New Orleans is is turning some heads here. And also, something I wanted to bring up real quick that I haven't heard many people talk about. Willie Green, head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans, was an assistant on the Phoenix Suns last year. So maybe he's got some inside information. Yeah, yeah. So same thing in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Or, or in Boston with yeah. Ime Odoka there. Yeah, I mean, there's. I'm sure that that helps these guys a little bit. But I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times people make it a bigger deal than it really is. All right, let's move on here. Finally, Calvin, let's talk about something we talked about or just touched on last week, and that was the face of the league. I feel like LeBron has been that guy uh, pretty much the last 15 years, maybe more. Uh, We've seen guys like Giannis, you know, elevate, uh, win a couple MVPs, win a trophy now. Um, I, he's been on the cover of like NBA 2K, but I don't know how many people really consider Giannis to be the face of the league. Same with KD, um, you know, Steph Curry, you, you talk to all the Warriors fans, they're going to say Steph Curry's the face of the league. You talk about any other fan base and they're going to say amazing player, best shooter of all time, but probably not the face of the NBA. So we're talking about Who's going to take over? Who's going to be the next guy to step up and be that LeBron James? Maybe not talent-wise or or wins-wise or, or all that, but who is going to take over and be the face of the NBA? So, Calvin, you have any uh, any ideas, anything that's changed over the last week? Well, yeah. I mean, you asked me this question probably like a week or two ago, basically right around the time the playoffs started and the show started. And my answer then was it, it's pretty much a toss-up. There, there's a handful of people that I think are, have the, the opportunity to grab that. And that's, I think, still true. But there is one guy who's maybe creating a little bit of separation in my mind right okay. now, and that's Jason Tatum. Um, for me, again, it, when you talk about, when you say that a guy's the face of the league, there's a lot of different ways that you can um, make the criteria for that, right? You can say it's the best overall player. You mm-hmm. can say it's the most important player, uh, kind of like the way they, they view the MVP award. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, 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 debatable, true. Right? it's true. It's true. It's very debatable. But for me, if you look back in history and you think about, okay, who was the face of the league in the 60s? Uh, most people would say it was Bill Russell, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the face of the league in the 80s? Probably a tie between Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Yep. 90s, Jordan. Early 2000s, Kobe. 2010s, LeBron. Yep. What do all of those guys have in common? Scores. Rings. Rings. Oh, they won go. multiple championships. Not yep. one, yep. multiple championships. So for me, it's good. It's the whoever is the face of the league is going to be a one of the top, you know, considered one of the top three players in the game they have multiple championship rings um and they're you know very well respected very well liked people overall Mm -hmm. within the nba community yeah so for all of these guys i really look at you know two to three players right now of the the up-and-coming generation that have the the opportunity to achieve that, right? Yeah. Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic would be another one for mm-hmm. me. I um, see the Joker here in the comments. The, the Joker is another another good pick. Um, 
But I'll put Devin Booker ahead of him right Charisma now. Charisma and mystique. They have that stuff too, absolutely. Um, but I'll put Devin Booker ahead of the Joker right now because mm-hmm. he's made an NBA Finals already. Yeah. And he's so younger, it, right? He's like, they're very okay. close in age, I okay. think. They might be a year, a year or two at the most apart. Okay. Um, but to me, the, the face of the NBA or the best player in the NBA also has to be able to do it on both ends, mm-hmm. right? Jason Tatum is totally proving to me right now that he is both an elite offensive player and an elite defensive player. Yep. So if the Celtics are able to win a ring perhaps this year or next year and they have opportunities to do that again um, in the future, it's going to be Jason Tatum's league for me. So you mentioned championships is, is what all these guys have in common. Um, you know, we talk about how, just like, you know, you said with MVP, there's so many different ways to take this question, right? I'm looking at a guy like Jerry West, maybe the face of the league, maybe not. He went to the finals a ton of times, won one championship, ended up becoming literally the face of the league in the logo. Yeah. So I want to ask you, Calvin. How many championships do you see Jason Tatum winning in his career? Man, that that's really tough. Right? It is because a tough question. There, there's so much young, good young talent in the league. Um, as we're seeing in a lot of these series, you have a two two seven series in the Western yep. Conference that's split right now. Um, so there's not maybe necessarily uh, there are favorites, but then there's a big group of teams right below that that have a shot. Um, yep. So it's it's going to be tough either way for any of these guys to win multiple rings. But the way, the, the style that Boston plays, how great they are defensively, they're still a young team in terms of their their mm-hmm. core. Um, they add one more piece to that team potentially in the offseason, and you, this could be, you know, the, the uh, next dynasty. dominant team of the, not necessarily a dynasty, but dominant team of the Eastern Conference. The, mm-hmm. the team like Cleveland, you know, with LeBron, that you expect to come out of the East year after year after year. For me, they're so young that they might not even need to bring in another guy. If these young guys continue to excel and get better, like just the improvements that Tatum's made in the past few seasons has been incredible. Uh, I know I kind of set you up here because that is a very tough question, asking how how many rings he's going to win because we don't even know if he's going to be with Boston for the rest of his career or or what happens. But I'm going to say three just because I have a feeling about this guy uh, I think you're right, uh, 100%. I think he will be the face of the league, uh, you know, barring any crazy injuries or, or yeah. anything like that. Uh, the way this guy is improving, the way he plays, like I don't see many flaws, if any, in his game. Uh, so I agree with you 100%. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I think he's going to win three rings. That's a Man, you heard it here first. That's yeah. a good prediction right yeah. there. Three rings. That's a lot. All right, speaking of rings, let's talk about two guys that have a ring or two uh, but can't win a ring together, and that is uh, Kyrie and KD and the Brooklyn Nets. I got a ton of questions for you. I know we've been uh, dragging our feet here on the show talking about all these exciting (laughs) games over the weekend. Heads up, guys, Monday shows are going to be long, right? (laughs) we got a ton of stuff to talk about. But this Kyrie and KD pairing, you know, we can – say at this point has been a disappointment right i think it's official to say that and that's not that you know they can't come back next season and and win a championship because i think they can but as of right now i think their time in brooklyn has been a disappointment 
You know, they were the favorites to win the title this year. Now they might end up getting swept here in the first round. They brought in a guy like Ben Simmons, hoping that he would be the savior. He just got ruled out for game four, which is an elimination game. Uh, I don't know what that says about Ben Simmons, uh, whatever's going on with his back and his mental and all that. If it was me, I'd want to be out there in an elimination game. But I just want to hear your thoughts. Can KD and Kyrie win a title together, or are these the best role players? And I, I, don't, I don't mean that in an attacking way, because obviously I think that KD was the best player on that Warriors team. Uh, Kyrie's moved around. I don't think he's ever been the best player on a championship team. Um, so I just want to hear your thoughts on these guys. Well, I, I mean, first of all, I agree with what you're saying, but let's not downplay how great these two guys are. Kyrie Irving is still a star, and of course you're not going to be the best player on a championship team when you play with the greatest player of all time. Yeah. So that aside, um, can these two win a title together? Yes, they can, but it's going to depend on the rest of the team around them, and that goes for any superstar in the NBA now. You know, mm -hmm. having two guys in the league is a lot of times not good enough anymore. Yeah. Um, so they had a third guy in James Harden. They had one, but he wanted out because of the way Kyrie uh, allegedly because of the way Kyrie handled himself this year. Well, then they had two and a half, right? That <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've said it before. Kyrie Irving is he's one of the, the most amazing players I've ever been able to watch play. Like mm -hmm. in, in my opinion, I think he's the greatest ball handler of all time. Um, he's an truly phenomenal scorer i mean he's a generational talent there, there's no i think at this point there's no arguing that oh not but at all. i wouldn't want him on my team and yeah. i don't know of many truly great players that i would say that about and it's because of all this extra stuff i, I mean he it, it's clear he hurt the nets so much this season with his own personal choice. And it is his personal choice. Uh, there's no way that I can tell him yeah. or say that he should have done the opposite, all that stuff. But that being said, you're part of a team. Um, you're part of a team that expects to win a ch or is hoping to win a championship this year. Mm -hmm. You've got a lot of responsibility, not just to the other 12 guys in the locker room, but to the fans, the organization, all that stuff. Or 15 guys it's in the a locker team. room. Team game. It, it, it's a team game and yep. they didn't succeed the way that they should have this year, largely because of his own personal choice. Yeah. So when it comes, it's the same thing we're talking about with Ben Simmons right now as a teammate, how much can you really rely on this guy? Yeah. That's the biggest question mark to me. Kevin Durant in this series has looked, you know, tired, tired and not like himself anymore. So that also raises question marks. How much longer can he continue to play yeah. at an elite level coming off the, the injuries, all that Bunch stuff, of crazy injuries. So it, it's just like we were talking about with Boston. When can you win a championship? There's a lot of teams that can, but only yeah. one team does. It's a very hard thing to predict and things have, you have to get lucky. You have to be good. All of that stuff. And their window is closing with yeah. teams like Boston. They're getting better and better. Uh, you know, you talked about his choice and, and all that. You know, we respect everybody's choices here. Uh, speaking about Ramadan, I don't want to knock anybody's religion. I, I think everyone should, you know, make their own choices, stuff like that. But I also feel like as a professional athlete, not drinking or eating during the whole day is 
probably got to have an effect on his body uh, going out well, there. It like, certainly didn't seem to have much of an effect for the first two games of the series. First he two, was great. Yeah, but, the first two games, but this is a, a seven-game series. That, well, and again, you know, a lot of it is is de- the defense that Boston is playing. I mean, I'm sure not drinking water during a game affects you, but yeah. he, he's done it before, and, he, you know, again, that's something that he's choosing to do. So, Was he doing that in Cleveland? Uh, I thought he Maybe he didn't. I'm not I'm sure. Not sure. I'm not sure. Might be wrong on that. But anyway, it's again, it's a choice that he's making. Um, he's suiting up and he's playing. Yeah. So whether or not you're able to drink water or not, that's that's on you. You're still out there. You got to play. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Like I gotta give him credit for everything that he has done because if that was me, uh, I'd be dead. I would be dead. No water. Yeah. Oh man. So and then there's the other factor of, like we've talked about, there's a lot of young talent in the league. There's a mm-hmm. lot of very young teams that are good right now and we think are going to be good for a while. So that also hurts Yep. not just Brooklyn's window to win a championship, but individually, KD and Kyrie, their window to win another championship. Yeah, and we're, we're at like a kind of a weird crossroads where, you know, personal beliefs or personal choices, whether that affects your job, right? Like... You know, nobody wants to tell these athletes like, hey, you need to do this or do that or you shouldn't be here. Um, But at the same time, like there's certain things that I could do in my life that are my personal choices, but they're going to affect my performance at work. It's just straight up like that's what happens. I'm seeing a very, very similar situation here from when the Nets traded for KG and Paul Pierce. They created this super team that everyone thought was going to win the title. They hired a first-year head coach in Jason Kidd. Now they have Steve Nash. Both teams did not meet expectations, and they basically mortgaged their future by trading away all their young assets for these older, bigger-name players. You think Steve Nash is on the hot seat here? You know, like, I know he's a very well-respected player in the league, has a couple MVP awards, but... It seemed like right when he got to Brooklyn, right, there was that famous video of, like, I could be a head coach. He could be a head coach. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, a head coach? Like, what are your thoughts on Steve Nash? My thoughts are he's he's probably getting thrown under the bus a little bit, as as most coaches do. But um, What's up, Matthew? I, I also agree. I think what you said about the comparisons with KG, Paul Pierce, and Jason Kidd are really, really accurate, really fair. Maybe he wasn't totally ready for this situation, not from a basketball standpoint, an X's and O's standpoint. Steve Nash knows basketball. There's no denying that. But being in charge of these types of people, these egos, trying to make all of that stuff work. You know, that's one of the things that Phil Jackson, Sorry, I think, no, no, I'm trying not to read it because I don't want to laugh mid mid talk here, but. That's one of the things, right, that I think Phil Jackson is underrated if he can be about anything. You know, people always say, oh, well, of course he won, how you know, whatever yeah. rings because he had Jordan and Pippen and then he had Kobe and Shaq and all that stuff. But I don't think people realize what it takes to actually manage those those teams with those egos, those yep. personalities, and at the end of the day, continue to get them to work hard to all achieve one goal, right? Yep. Just because you're the best server server in the restaurant doesn't mean you make a good GM of the restaurant or exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel sorry for Steve because 
I think he's a great guy, uh, very knowledgeable, maybe not the right situation for him. Uh, but, hey, maybe they can work it out. You think he returns next season? I think he does. Uh, you know, I think that at the end of the day, just like the Lakers, who probably will make bigger changes in the offseason, but uh, at the end of the day, the, the Nets will look back on this season and say, we didn't have our full team for, you know, more than half the year probably. Yep. Uh, they get Joe Harris back next year. Mm-hmm. They get Kyrie Irving for a full season. They get Ben Simmons, hopefully, for a full <laughs> we season. We didn't even mention him yeah, yet. Maybe the, just one game from Ben Simmons would be great. But uh, I think that at the end of the day, they'll look back and say, okay, let's try this one more time, um, see what we've got here with Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and KD on the court together, getting Joe Harris back. We'll, we'll run it back one more time. But uh, the seat is definitely getting warm for Steve Nash, I would say. Yeah, Matthew, I would recommend uh, a whiskey ginger with a splash of bitters. More that, than one splash. That uh, that might help your stomach, make you feel a little bit better. Bad Indian food, ouch. Not ideal. You're right. And Gotham says the Kings have been dealing with the same thing for the last <laughs> few years. Oh, man, that's that's mean, Gotham. That's a burn, man. That's, that's rough. All right, Calvin. So I want to move on here to the preview of today, but... We haven't even talked about Ben Simmons yet. So real quick, uh, you want to give an update on Ben Simmons and, and your thoughts for him? So he got on the practice court finally and afterwards uh, said he woke up with lower back discomfort. Soreness so, or discomfort? Sore, uh, I guess they're the same thing, right? Okay. I mean, you can probably take it both They ways. use so maybe, many maybe different soreness was the word words, used, contusions, and, and non-COVID-related illnesses. And Re- regardless of what word was used, he is now out for Game 4 after stating himself that Game 4 was going to be his game to return to. It comes at a very interesting time after they lose Game 3 and are now down three games to none yep. to the Boston Celtics. This is exact. If you watch Royal Rebounds, our other YouTube channel that covers the Kings, this is the exact reason why I said all year long, do not trade for this guy. Yeah. Do not do it because I don't. I just don't know what is wrong with him mentally, and that's what I wish he would have come out and said. If he came out and said mentally, I'm not ready to play, he would have taken a lot of backlash. Still, yes, but it would have been. It would have been less. Because now you've got all these former pl- uh, players saying, come on, man, your back hurts. I get it. But my back hurt. Shaq's back hurt every game he played for how many years, you know? It's just not uh, a good enough excuse for your other teammates who are out there also playing with injuries, yep. working their asses off to try to win a playoff game. Everybody's injured in he, the playoffs. He's letting them down big time here. Yep. Big time. Yeah, I saw a quote from Steve Nash this morning that said he didn't even expect Ben Simmons to play in game four. He's like, he's continuing to get better. He's improving himself, uh, but we, we don't really know when he's ready. So uh, that, that, will be, that will be interesting. Always feel better after you puke. Ask the Kings courtside guy. Yeah, that's true. Haven't eaten much, but I'm afraid to. <laughs> I'm not sure how much better he felt after that. I mean, he I, he has that look on his face realizing he has embarrassed himself on TV. Oh, shit. Know? And I'm in the front row. And I'm <laughs> in the front row. <laughs> oh, man. And then Luke Walton gets fired. Crazy. Crazy. All right, Calvin. Let's talk about today's action because we got three games today. Three exciting games. Three 
or actually two possible elimination games, which means we could potentially be going fishing tomorrow or we could be uh, waving goodbye to a couple of th- teams we that are going fishing. Perhaps could. First up, Boston at Brooklyn. We yeah. just spent <laughs> how much time talking about Brooklyn? Boston is up 3-0. This game is in Brooklyn. Uh, thoughts? This is Boston's game to lose. I mean, I'm serious. It, this, I think they've totally defeated the Nets. Now they've, they've sent uh, Ben Simmons home for the playoffs without even wanting to play. It's funny, actually, just to go back on Ben Simmons for one quick second. If he had played in game four and he, they got eliminated, he would have been the first player in NBA history to be eliminated from a playoff series in back-to-back oh, yeah. games. I saw that. Which is kind of wild to think about, but we won't get to see that anyway. So, But, I mean, yeah, it, it comes down to what we were just talking about a minute ago. For Brooklyn, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have to have, you know, epic playoff games, I think, in order for them to stay alive here. Uh, and I just question whether or not they'll be able to, to do enough with how good Boston is playing defensively. Yeah. Uh, I'm an idiot. I'm just going to pick Brooklyn again. I, I don't know why, um, but Brooklyn. I, I still agree with that somehow. I mean, it goes back to what the comment earlier in here, the NBA doesn't want the number one uh, rated series, TV rating series to, to be a sweep, all that stuff. I mean, whether or not you believe in fixing games or anything like that, uh, we won't go there. But I still can't believe that this series is going to be a sweep. I, it just is mind-boggling to me. So for one one game, I would still put money on the Nets. But that's the, probably just me being uh, stubborn. The Indian point. spices smelled so good before now. I don't want to smell anything. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you guys are cracking me up. You guys are awesome. Thank you guys so much, dude. What a trooper, man. You're tuning in, and your stomach is killing you. Yeah. Uh, you, you hope Ben Simmons recovers next year. We're hoping you recover right now, <laughs> Matthew. So we both got Brooklyn in this game. No sweeps in the first round. Is that what you're calling, Cal? Man. Because I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm calling it. All right. Okay. I'll pick a sweep then. When we, because I'm so nervous about it, I will, <laughs> I'll pick Boston to finish it off here. Oh, you're, you're picking I'll, a sweep? I'll switch. Since you're taking Brooklyn, okay. I'll, I'll go against you. I'll pick Boston. Usually when we agree, we're wrong. So at least now one of us will yes. be right. Yes. One of us will be right. All right. Second game today. And this is, this is going back to what I was saying last week. It's so frustrating I know they, they have to fit things into TV schedules, but how am I supposed to watch <laughs> all three of these games at the same time? It's not possible unless you do picture-in-picture picture or you have multiple TVs. I have not heard that picture-in-picture. Picture. <laughs> I think people gave up on that, yeah. right? That was like a I fad. picture-in-picture picture to me was never worth Cause it. Because it's like, oh, it's so, oh it's so dumb. Uh, what yeah. happened over there? My, my no phone point. screen is bigger. There's no point. Just have two TVs or watch one game. So the second game on the schedule today, we have Toronto visiting they're back to the states now and they are visiting philadelphia philadelphia is up 3-1 in this series fred van vliet is listed as out in this game uh is it over calvin i think it's over i'm picking philadelphia to win tonight the spread is huge if you're looking to to bet money i I think it's minus eight right now and scotty barnes came back the last game so he will be available uh, that's a big spread to cover but i think philadelphia wins the game yeah i'm gonna go philadelphia as well all right and the last game on the schedule calvin this is 
This is the most exciting game, in my opinion, because uh, both of these teams still have a chance to advance, and that is Utah at Dallas. It's tied 2-2. Doncic is back. Gobert, uh, how many free throws do you think he'll shoot in this game? Ooh. Uh, I would go over, tw- definitely over 12, 12 or 13. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. 12 too. Yeah. yeah. Dallas has a 70% chance to win this game, according to ESPN, and uh, they're favored by three. Not really any uh, notables on the injury report other than Frank Nilakina, but he's been out for a while for Dallas. Uh, who's winning this game, Cal? I'll pick Dallas to win this game. Uh, you know, it's been an even series. The games have been really close, but if you watch the games, Dallas has had control of this series, I think, from the time it started. Now they've got Luka back. He's coming off a 30-point game. They're at home, uh, so I'll take them to win this one. What's up with them putting ads during free throws? Oh, like they they shrink the screen? Oh, yeah, that, tell me about it, man. I hate that. Frustrating. I hate that. Frustrating. It's the same thing as when they do they go show the uh, in-between quarters. You know, they start the second quarter, yeah. and they'll show the interview of the coach yeah. during the break, but while the game is going. It's so, so frustrating to me. It's like the NBA is just like, okay, well, we need to put ads on the jerseys now. Now we need to put ads during this and ads during that. It's, it's, it is frustrating. What's up, Key Kings? Good to see you. Busy with exams. Well, I hope they all, Good luck they all with go those. well for you. Um, okay, so who did you pick in this game? Dallas. Dallas. Okay. Um, let's see here. Dallas. I think I'm going to go with Utah, but I, I'm still sticking with them to win the series. Uh, we, we both said 4-2. I'm going to stick with it. Dallas got their two wins. I know Doncic is back, and that's a lot for Dallas. Uh, but what do you think the Jazz need to do to win this game? They, they need to find a way to get Mike Conley going. They've got to shoot well from the outside. Uh, and, and they need Jordan Clarkson to be sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, they need to shoot well. And uh, they need Dallas to just – they need to frustrate Dallas, in my opinion. Um, Luka Doncic is going to get his numbers. But uh, uh, Dallas's bench, like, like we said, Maxi Kleba, um, if he shoots well, it's over. I think Dallas needs to be a little careful, too. You know, Jalen Brunson has been so good for them in Mm -hmm. this series. Now that Luka is back, it's a really hard uh, thing to kind of grapple with. You know, you don't want to take the ball out of Luka's hands necessarily. Yeah. But that final possession of game four, bad. I didn't like it at all. Jason Kidd said that's exactly what they wanted. They wanted Dinwiddie with that shot because they knew Luka was going to be doubled. But Brunson brings the ball up. He crosses half court with like nine or eight seconds left. Yeah. The middle of the paint is so wide open. I think he should have gone hard to the rim mm-hmm. in that moment. And that's what I mean. Like Brunson has been so good. I'd be a little worried about, uh, you know, taking the ball out of his hands in certain situations, especially because, you know, they're going to double Luca right away. Brunson, they're still not doing that for him. So yeah. I like that one-on-one matchup late in a game. And he also tweaked his back. In yeah. the game, and uh, Ben Simmons, you need to pay attention because Jalen Brunson, after the game, was like, I'm fine, and he's still playing. I don't know exactly how much pain Ben Simmons is in, but uh, one thing I know for sure is he stands out on the sidelines, 
everything seeing yeah. thing he's wearing he's wearing like a green lamb suit one game <laughs> the next game he well, looks like a clown that's the difference right ben simmons might be in some pain still but he hasn't taken a hit from anybody in yeah. almost a year well just the media and his own teammates <laughs> physical hit not mental all right uh that wraps up our game coverage for today uh, Boston and Brooklyn is starting now, so make sure you guys tune into that. But we are going to finish up the show with Q&A. So if you guys have any questions, uh, we got answers, or at least we pretend we do. Um, <laughs> so if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to cover, go ahead and let us know in the chat. And then I got to get back to work, Cal. And I know you got to go to work soon as well. Yep, work, 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 work. Key King says, favorite series got to be Memphis and Minnesota. You must like protesters. <laughs> well, you must like high-scoring, entertaining uh, basketball, fast pace, which a lot of people do, right? Who do you think is going to win the series, Key Kings? Uh, I want to know. Uh, Calvin's still got Memphis. Um, I'm undecided. I'd probably say Memphis, but I really don't know. I don't know. They they scare me now. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, let's be real. That's one of the things everybody said about Memphis coming into this series. They had such a great regular season. They had a schedule, yep. all this stuff. Are they ready for, you know, a, a primetime playoff series? Um, and they're, they're going through a war right now. I still think they're going to pull it out, though. You don't want my questions. Yes, we do. Bring them. We want them all, as long as it's not about Indian food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Flame Flurry Eleven says, with the Kings having a list of coaches to interview this week, two big names in Mark Jackson and Mike D'Antoni. Since Kenny Atkinson wasn't on that list for interviews, does that mean he is out of talks? Uh, it certainly seems like it right now. You know, it's seen from everything I've heard. They left him off this list. They said they did a ton of research on the guys that they wanted to narrow. Uh, the interviewed candidates too, and he didn't come up on that final list. So I, I think I would be surprised at this point to see him circle back. But if they do, that means they weren't very impressed with any of these other guys, right? Yeah, I mean, if if I'm the Kings, I'm probably not going to hire a head coach before the season ends uh, just because there could be other guys that are available. Maybe guys get fired like Quinn Snyder or, or some of these other guys. Um, so I don't think it's over for Kenny Atkinson at this point, but I'm just going to go back to, what was it, start of the season, or maybe like a month in, where I was like, I think Mike D'Antoni might be the guy for this team. He's on the front, but we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I think they're going to interview these two guys, but it doesn't mean that they're hiring one of these two guys, right? I mean, it's, it's, still, it's still an open search, in my opinion. Super amp for basketball at the bar. I'm a great dancer. I'm sure basketball you are. Basketball at oh, the ball. Basketball at the ball. Oh, wow. I'm not a good reader. Yeah. I'm a great dancer. I'm sure you are. And I hope your stomach's feeling better. All right. Sounds like basketball. What did the Buffalo say to his kid when he went off to college? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing on that one. I got Memphis, but two young teams going at it is for sure entertaining. <laughs> Bison. Bison. Oh, that's a horrible joke. But I love it. But I love it. Uh, these protesters have <laughs> been wild <laughs> as well. Yeah, they're crazy. I don't know how she got like a referee jersey. 
Did you see it? It was like underneath uh, her other shirt. She must work at Foot Locker or something. <laughs> uh, guess I root for Minnesota because then Jaw isn't so much better than Fox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. We, we were actually contemplating doing a, a joke segment on this show because <laughs> – I love jokes and uh, you know, just cause I think your joke is horrible. doesn't mean I want to hear, I don't want to hear more jokes from you cause I love jokes and I have a lot of horrible jokes as well. <laughs> so um, if you guys want us to have a joke section, maybe we'll have a joke of the day or something like that. Let us know in the chat. Cause I'm a big jokester. I'm a, I'm a joke fan. I was a bartender for a long time. Uh, so I got a lot of jokes and if you guys would like to hear them, you want to waste your time listening to my jokes. I'm all for it. I spent a lot of time listening to Barry's jokes. They're good. They they are. Uh, if Don requests a trade, what are the chances Sat gets him via trade? I I don't think it's very high. Don personally, Donovan Mitchell. I'm oh, assuming oh, is who, okay. who we're talking about here. I I don't uh, I don't consider their chances to be high. I will say that. I think if Donovan Mitchell requests a trade, he's going to be probably the most sought after trade piece in the league. Um, and there's a lot of other teams that have a lot better pieces they could give Utah than the Sacramento Kings, who, who I'm assuming aren't going to want to trade De'Aaron Fox for him, right? Like Mumbai. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as Calvin. However, I would say that the trade for DeMontis Sabonis at the deadline last season gives me a lot more hope that a trade for a guy like uh, Donovan Mitchell could be possible. I do have to say, though, if Donovan Mitchell is going to get traded to the Sacramento Kings, I think it's going to involve Davion Mitchell because he's been playing incredibly well. And uh, for our sake here on the show, I hope that's what happens because you think about how many mistakes I would make next season. Donovan, Davion, Mitchell, <laughs> Mitchell. Oh, my God. It would be tough for anybody covering the Kings. If both those guys were on the same team. Oh, man. You got any jokes for for the fans here? They want to hear a joke. Nah, that's your department. I'll let you take that. All right. I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give you one to, to leave with Gotham. Uh, you know how mermaids get high? Vinny knows it. Any recent news regarding coaching interviews that are starting this week? As far as the Kings, it's it's just the uh, the Mark Jackson and uh, Mike D'Antoni so far, but we'll see what happens. Um, I anticipate them interviewing more candidates. Like I said, I think they should wait to the end of the season um, just to see who else is available. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to reiterate what I've been saying. I trust the front office. Whatever they choose, let's stick with it. As fans, let's be patient. I don't want to get back into that, like, Hire a guy, fire a guy, hire a guy, fire a guy. Look at all these teams in the playoffs. Maybe a couple of them are first-year guys that have done well, but for the most part, you look at these teams, these are established coaches um, that have had time to develop teams and do things. Like, you know, the worst team a franchise could do is exactly what the Kings have been doing over the last 16 years. And you heard DeMarcus Cousins uh, talk about it. You heard a lot of these ex-Kings players talk about it. It's just the turnover. Players, front office, coaches, over and over and over. Like, how do you ever get any consistency when that continues to happen? And you got it. Seaweed is how mermaids get high. You are correct. Uh, 
what do you guys or who do you guys think will be our coach? Uh, I'm saying Mike D'Antoni. I think that's a good guess right now. It it seems pretty. My opinion of how the the Kings are viewing the coaching search, the fact that Kenny Atkinson wasn't even interviewed, Mike D'Antoni seems to be at the top of this list. That that seems to signal to me that he is the their leading candidate right now. Chris, thank you for subscribing to the channel. We appreciate you. We are here Monday through Friday, uh, every single weekday, putting out fresh content. So thank you for joining us. I believe it will be one of the Bucks assistants. Interesting. We will see how that works out. All right, guys, we are closing the bar here. Make sure you close out your tabs. We appreciate you all. You don't have to go home. You just have to get the fuck out of here. Uh, we need more farm animal name guys. Uh, you guys are ridiculous. It looks like Matthew's feeling a little bit better. Calvin, anything uh, last you want to mention or say? Have fun watching the games today. They, they already started. Yeah, they are started, so make sure you go and get to uh, those better games. Better luck next year, Sacramento. Don't tell my boss that I will be watching the games uh, today. Don't miss us tomorrow. We will be live again, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Hope you can all join us. Thank you so much for watching. Please don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and as always, don't forget to tip your bartender.